Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. How to be really great at life. I have a couple questions for you today. What is the value of a life? You can volunteer some answers if you want. What's the value of a life? It's priceless. It's it's. It's beyond cost. It's everything. What's the value of an eternal life? See, because by default, you were created to be an internal being. So when you were conceived in your mother's womb, and I don't know exactly how that works with spirit and soul, but I believe your spirit was assigned to that little fertilized egg cell. And I believe that upon creation, you were special and you were eternal. You were created to live forever. Even Solomon said he's placed eternity in our hearts. There's so much more than life. That's why people ask all the time, is there anything else? Is this it? I was going to say lucky for them. No, they're blessed that they get to find out from you and from me that there's so much more than just this. There's so much more than just waking up and going to sleep and working and making tortillas and making sandwiches and showing up to work on time or late or being frustrated or just in life saying, I'm going to accept Jesus and serve him here and that's it. Everything is so valuable in light of eternity because you are an eternal soul. So valuable. You are priceless, and so are the people around you. You're priceless. Every single one of you beautiful faces in this house today. Man, we got white skin in here, and brown skin, and mocha skin, and different tones of skin, and you're all beautiful to God, and He created you, and you were created in His image. And you're eternal, and you're priceless. And so today I want to talk to you about living a contagious faith. Living a contagious faith faith. You know, you weren't just called to get the good news and hide it and just toss it in your pocket or say, I have a ticket to heaven now. That's it. Once you really fall in love with God and you start to love others, you say, man, I have life-giving news. I have the good news. That's what gospel means. It means good news. I have it. I can share it. I can move on and see someone else's life changed. And you know what? We say so many times, man, you know what? I, but my life it's just not perfect. I'm still struggling. I accepted Jesus, but I'm struggling in some areas. Yeah, but you've received the good news, and it's all worth it because Jesus died on the cross for you. There's future, and, and your past is clean. Your present is now, but there's this future that awaits you that is stunning and stellar and beautiful, and you need to share that with somebody. And I want to encourage you today, don't just take this home and try and forget about it. Don't just respond to these words of life and truth from Scripture and say, you know what, that's fine, it's okay, it's great, praise God, I'm going to just pray for somebody. No, you need to pray, but you need to also tell somebody. You need to tell somebody. How many of you in this room have a big mouth? Raise your hand. I do. I do. I've been getting shushed since birth. I'm proud to announce I still do here, there, and everywhere. I mean, I just, I get shushed. The only place I really have no risk of being shushed is when I preach. Because I can be, my personality can be a little much. I'm extroverted, and I get on caffeine, and then there, it hits me like a real, like an opioid. Caffeine hits me so hard because I don't do it all the time, and I'm wiry, and maybe it's because I don't have a lot of body weight. I don't know. 
I don't know if it has to do with my male pattern baldness. I don't know. But caffeine hits me really hard. But I ask you if you have a big mouth today, because I'm like, you are especially without excuse if you have a big mouth. Because you can just, I, I kind of trapped you, didn't I? Because you can tell people the truth. You say, man, tell them the truth. Do I got to get in their business and just preach hell and hellfire and brimstone? No, you really don't. You should stand up for something. And not just on Facebook and, and not just in your heart and say, I know where I stand. That's all great. But you should stand for something. But you know what's so important today is you should love someone enough to tell them the truth about eternity. And I'm going to share a few just just some, some benefits of this and some practical little points here. But this is so powerful. Let's go to Proverbs eleven twenty five. 25. Talking about sharing your faith, you say, man, well, how do I do that? You know what? I've never stopped sharing my faith all these years, but I'm rediscovering this in so many ways. It's becoming a revelation and a rhema to me again. The generous will prosper. This is an interesting verse because it can be used in, in the light of a few different things. The generous will prosper. Those who refresh, look, it goes on to say this, different thought, ties into that. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. I want to encourage you today and remind you and maybe warn you even, don't get stuck in a rut in life once you've accepted Jesus and forget to share your faith and forget to serve the Lord gladly. Life happens. Life's hard for everybody to a point. Some lives are harder than others. Some came from, from drug and abu abusive home lives. But all lives have a hardness to them. We suffer loss. We do. And you say, man, you, but you guys show up on Sunday mornings and smile and, and laugh. But we've been through stuff too. We go through stuff. But in the midst of the stuff, and the junk, and the trial. Because Jesus said you'd go through trials and you'd have trouble in life. In the midst of it, you've got to remember you need to refresh others so that you can be refreshed as well. The gospel of Jesus and your faith, the truth and the seed you have in your heart and the things you know about God. You say, man, I don't know much. What you have is life-changing. And my first point is, it's life-giving. It refreshes you and it refreshes others to tell them the, the truth and bless them, and tell them about Jesus. Nothing quite like the satisfaction of sharing the life God has given us. I'm extremely privileged because my career and my life is pastoring. But beyond that, I want to remind you that it's not just my job. In fact, it's so much more job than, so much more your job than mine during the week because there's more of you and you know more people to get all together than I do. Now, I'm going to keep sharing my faith all week long, but what I mean is collectively in this house, it's just as much your job or more than mine to share your faith. You're going to reach people I'll never know. You're going to reach people that I'll, they'll never hear me. You're going to reach people that won't listen to the podcast or show up on, on a Sunday morning yet. You're going to reach people that are looking at your life right now, not to freak you out, but they're checking you out, brother. They're checking you out, sister. They're checking you out, family. They want what you have sharing this the other night at Bible study, and it's crazy how even the naysayers sometimes, the ones that speak the loudest and give you the hardest time about your faith, they're really the ones behind the scenes that are going, I hope you make it because I need someone to stand for truth. I hope you make it. Some of the people that have been hardest on me and were jerks, I remember a guy, he was such a jerk to me in junior high. 
I loved him, but I didn't like him, man. He was such just a jerk. And it was crazy. After high school, we kind of made peace in high school. <clears throat> but after high school, I saw him at a car wash one time. It was a couple years after I graduated from high school. And he saw me, man. And this blew me away because I didn't even know he knew. And he goes, are you still serving God? I was like, yeah. And he told his friend, he was with his friend there. He said, Matt's always had a good head on his shoulders. He's really been a good example. I was like, dude, I, you gave me so much grief in the junior high locker room, man. I could have beat you up. And the only reason I didn't jump on some people, no, I'm going to be real with you. Sister Rose, it wasn't because I was a Christian. It's because I didn't want my grades to get messed up. Let's get real. I didn't want to get suspended. There were people I wanted to jump on them, and I was a little dude, a little wiry, dangerous dude. Hit them with a two-by-four or something. I wasn't always walking in love. But this guy, of all people, he'd been watching me, and he basically told me, because even years after that fact, he came into my life again and said, man, I need help. I'm going through it. And he said, man, what you stood for has always blessed me. I've been in and out, up and down, but you've always been stable, and I've watched you serve God all these years. I saw him again years later. This was about 10 years ago. And I thought, what? The message you have is life-giving. Here's a word for you once again, and I believe this is from God, and it's a reminder. Some of the people that give you the hardest time, they may be jealous, they may be whatever, they may be trying to rattle you or test you or the devil in them or the devil next to them is messing with you and testing you and oppressing you. Those are the ones you really need to love and be an example to and keep speaking the truth to them because they're watching you. And you may say, man, no, people just want me to fail. You'd be surprised. There's a whole world out there of people. There's people in your sphere of influence, even when they give you a hard time, they want you to succeed. They're watching you. They need a standard. All those magazines are lies. They know Facebook can be fake. They know Instagram is all Photoshopped. They know all this other stuff is just, it's phony. They need something to be real. And it can be you, and what you have is life-giving. That's number one today, how to be great at life, living your contagious faith. It's life-giving. How about this one? I love this point. Jesus said so. Said, Man, why should I share my faith? Or what's the benefit? Or what's the power in this? Well, Jesus said so. He said it's good. He said go do it. Let's go to Mark 16, 15. He told them, and this is to us, would you agree? He said, go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. Go and tell. The first preacher of the resurrected Jesus was a lady named Mary Magdalene, out of whom Jesus had cast seven demons. And she went and told from the gravesite. She said, man, he's alive. I just saw him. He's alive. He's alive. You don't have to be impressive or eloquent to share your faith, I promise. And can I take a survey? You guys know I love surveys. I got to do at least one or two of these a month. How many of you have said before, it's okay, you're among friends and family, you are safe here, I promise. How many of you have said, man, it's been intimidating for me before and scary to share my faith? Raise your hand. Go ahead. I've had seasons of that. I've had seasons of that before. It was like back in the day, I said, man, I don't know. I don't know what to, what am I going to do? But Jesus said, go and tell. How do you tell? You tell with your actions? 
you tell with your life. People ask you what you're doing this weekend. You say, oh, I'm getting ready for church. What? You're getting ready for church? It's Saturday. Yeah, but church is tomorrow morning. So I can't go out and do that. All right? I'm serving God. I'm getting ready. Jesus always knew, and he still knows, how important sharing your faith as a believer is. His goal and vision has always been a world full of his sons and daughters, and it's putting God's kingdom first. I promise you want to get out of your rut. I promise you want to move beyond yourself. I promise you want to know what God really wants and what's on his heart. Do his work, and that is help him. Now, he's going to build his church, but he's called you to help. He's going to build his church, but if he hadn't called you to help, he would have never said, go and tell, go and preach. You say, preach, I don't, I don't preach. Preaching is declaring. Preaching is saying. Preaching is talking. Even for you introverts, just one-on-one. Those of you who are like, man, I'm not going door-to-door. You don't have to. You don't have to. Be a light at work. Be a light here. Be an example when you go to the store. Be an example on Facebook. I don't know who needs to hear this today, and don't worry, I've not been checking you out on Facebook. All right? I'm very, I'm very limited on Facebook. It's Kingsgate Church, uh, Jennifer, Christine Brown Senna, and the garage sale sites. Y'all know that story about me. That's it. But be careful what you like and look at on Facebook. Be careful what you post. And don't be liking stuff with language in it or something that's perverted or dirty. That's just like laughing at a dirty joke in person. What would y'all think of me? I don't know why I'm going there this morning. I can't believe he just went there. I just did, and I'm already all in. I'm in. I've committed. I'm in. Got to go with it now. We've got to just own it now. You guys would be so bummed out with me if we were around someone and they told a dirty joke and I laughed at it. That would be like... What is wrong with him? Well, guys, not everybody can see what you're looking at on Facebook, but people can see what you like or what you're posting or who your friends are on there. <laughs> so let God lead you. Man, I can, I can make a house laugh, and I can sure get them quiet real quick, huh? Man, I don't, know, I don't know if that's a gift, a blessing, or a curse right there, but hey, I love you, so I'm going to tell you the truth. Jesus said so, man. Live out your faith. Do what Jesus said. It's putting God's kingdom first. And he knew it would bring fulfillment in our lives to share our faith. And you can. You can do that on Facebook. You can do that in person. All right? Number three today. Living a contagious faith, it develops you. How? Well, let's go to this verse real quick. Let's go to Proverbs 1130 in the New King James Version. Would you put that in New King James? Uh, the New Living, the translation's a little odd to me. You look at the New Living translation, and it actually has an asterisk, and you go down to the bottom of the page, and it actually says this. The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and he or she who wins souls is wise. Because God knows that it doesn't always work when you just go up to someone and go, Hey, brother, you know I love you, right? Jesus loves you. You don't want to die and go to hell, right? Not everybody responds to that you got to be wise. God may lead you to tell somebody that. But he may lead you in other ways. He that wins souls is wise. It develops you. It pushes you. I mean, 
Just about everybody in this room admitted, man, I was scared to share my faith. Some are like, I wasn't scared. I just never did it. I just didn't even think about it. I wasn't going to do it. Well, it's time to start pushing yourself in that area because as you, as you share your faith, it will continue to push you. It's a cycle. It forces you to be clever. You say, man, I'm not clever in that way. You can be, though, and say little things to get people's attention. Convincing, creative, and it's wisdom practice. It really is. You're practicing your wisdom. Say, man, how can I get them to church? You know, I heard of a guy. He was at Pastor Sanabria's church. Y'all remember Pastor Sanabria, Victor Sanabria? He comes down and does Spanish conferences usually for us. He's a good man of God from New Jersey. He had a, a, a right-hand guy. He was his, one of his right hands, and his name was Victor as well. And he would minister to the prostitutes that would pass by the church in Jersey. And he told them one time, he said, hey, how much do you make? This is a little crazy right here for church, right? He said, how much do you make while church is in session between 10 and noon? And they gave him dollar amounts. And he said, good, show up here, and I'm going to pay your fee, and y'all are going to come to church. Y'all aren't going to lose any money, but I'm going to get y'all all in church. Can you imagine? That's creative. And some of you are like, I'd never do that. How much is a soul worth? What is the value of a life? I don't, know, I don't know if I know exactly what this means, and I don't know, I don't know, but they, there's some wise Hebrews that years ago they said, whoever saves a life saves the world. Jesus must have known that. For God so loved the world, he gave, and he gave, and he gave, he gave it all. So what's a life worth? Contagious faith develops you. How about this, point four? It's real love. To tell someone the truth of the matter is real love, isn't it? It's real love. Folks like to say, it's getting real now. Well, imagine, imagine telling them the truth of the gospel of Jesus. The truth. Sharing the good news is love. Let's go to John 13, 34. Jesus said, so now I am giving you a new commandment. At that point, 2,000 years ago, that was a new commandment. Isn't that powerful? Love each other. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. Love one another. I think we should be in the business of winning souls and sharing our faith and reaching out to people to the point that this whole room is of one mind and one accord, all in unity, that we are all for one. We're all for the next one that comes. We're all for the next one that shows up at the next event. We're all for the visitor that shows up next Sunday for Mother's Day in the joint service. We're all for that person that lives next door to you. We're all for the same purpose of one more person, one more soul for God's kingdom because it's all worth it. Our goal and desire is one more, just one more, just one more. We went to a conference years ago. I think it was 2004, Bethany. And Pastor Joel was leading the conference, and I believe it was called One More Soul. It's one more. What is the value of a life? What's the value of a life? Part of the answer to that is in the people we've lost, how our lives are different without them now, huh? They've gone on to heaven. They're gone now. What is the value of their life? Man, lives must be valuable because Jesus died. Jesus died for us so we didn't have to spend eternity separated from him in hell. Who was hell created for? Does anybody remember? Satan, Satan and the booger men. 
Satan and the demons, Satan and his, some say the devil and his angels, his evil angels, his fallen angels. Yeah, it was created for them, for their punishment. You say, man, but people are going to hell because of their sin. Are they, or is it because they're rejecting the gift of Jesus? Yes, sin separates you from God, but if you'll accept Jesus, man, it draws you close and brings you right back to God. So we know that it's real, real love. You say, man, how do I do that? How do I do that? How, how on earth? Well, I'm going to be two people this morning, okay? Just for a moment. I don't have split personality or multiple personality. But I want to be two people here just for a moment to give you an example. So let's pretend I'm going to talk to somebody. And I'm just going to see them. And they start to tell me. They're over here and they're like, Pastor Matt, life's been hard. Or maybe they don't even know I'm a pastor. Let's pretend they don't know. Or let's pretend I'm not a pastor. They're like, Matt, life's been terrible. What's going on? I don't, you're going to have these served up right to you, and it's perfect, and it's on a platter. And they go, I'm empty. I'm lonely. Here's some key words. Negative stuff. I don't know if I can make it anymore. I don't know if I can press on. You, whether it's truth or lies, it's what they believe, and it's their perception. They say, my family hates me. Or you never know. They say, it could be a woman who said, man, I just, I just went through something traumatic. I've been abused. I, there's all these key words that lead us in that we can say, you know what? And here's you over here going, wait. I can pray with you. Would you like me to pray with you? I have yet to meet a person in all of my 40 plus years of life and 30 some odd years of serving God that turned me down for prayer when they were going through something. I remember going to the juvenile detention facility and a guy, he was in my Bible study, these kids, 13, 14, 15 years of age, a kid going, sir, I'm an atheist. And at the end of my message, he raised his hand to accept Jesus. I'm like, I thought you were an atheist. Most atheists just want attention. They want to stick their finger in God's eye and say, I'm going to say I don't believe in you. Who doesn't really believe in God? Hmm. Love him or hate him, he exists and he's there. The universe proclaims it. it it's all proven it's there. It's, we know deep down in our hearts there is a God. There is a God. There is a God. And so here we are back to our little conversation. And they've just told me, man, I'm going through it. Some of you may not be ready for this, but there's going to be one thing you can do when someone says, I'm going through something. You can say, can I pray for you? You're not all experience, as experienced as Pastor John, but Pastor, you know what Pastor John likes to do? When he prays, he likes to pray a sermon. I think it's genius. There's been other men and women of God that do that. Jonathan will be like, he'll be in a place where he can't really start telling everybody about Jesus, but they're like, hey, commissioner, or hey, pastor, would you pray? And he's like, yeah, I'm going to pray. Let's pray. And Jonathan will pray like this. He'll say, Lord, we just thank you for sending Jesus to save us from our sins, and we know that if we put our faith in him, we can go to heaven and not go to hell. You can simply talk to God in front of people. That's what prayer is. I know you can do that one-on-one, -on -one, even you introverts. So that's one thing you can do. Somebody say, that's one. You can pray. You can pray for them. You don't even have to pray a sermon. You can just simply say, can I pray for you? And when you close your prayer, you pray in Jesus' name. You say, man, I didn't lead them to Jesus, but who knows what you did? You sowed a seed. That's one. You can pray with them. Another one, 
you can comfort them and say, what are you doing tonight at 6 p.m.? There's church tonight. Or this is a Friday or Saturday. Say, what are you doing Sunday? I'll pick you up. Church is at 10 a.m. That's a real easy one. Though You're like, man, I'm not there. I don't know if I can pray with them. I don't know. Uh, but you can, you can invite them to church. And when you invite someone to church, go out of your way to make it happen. Don't be crazy or weird, right? But you can be loving and kind and real and basic even and go, do you need a ride? Do you want me to meet? No, I don't need a ride. Okay. How about I wait outside and meet you when you get to church Sunday morning? I'll meet you outside. Now, number three, this is for some of you say, man, this is so advanced, but it's not. Did you know the prayer that I lead everyone in to make sure that we've all accepted Jesus on Sunday mornings is a prayer that you can lead people in, and it's so easy. Scripture says if we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, we shall be saved. So you can lead someone in that prayer, and here's how you do it. Okay? So y'all watching and listening? Here's how easy it is. You say, hey, man, would you like to accept Jesus? You say, man, I'm not there yet, Pastor. You will be. Because sometimes people are going to go, I want the God you have. What do I do? You can't just tell them, hey, you know, it's Sunday. Service not again. I won't be at church again until next Sunday. So let's just, no, man. What if they die tonight? So just... You do this. You say, repeat after me. Say, Heavenly Father, okay, please forgive me of my sins. Deal with sin. Confess that Jesus is Lord and he died and rose again. And say that you believe. That's what I love to do. And if you forget all of that, if you forget all of that, Jesus died and rose again. Get them to say that and believe it. That's it. That's leading someone to Jesus. Now, it's just the first step, but that's it. You can do it. And I'm an extrovert, and I know I was nervous, man. I don't remember the first person I led to Jesus. I don't. I've led so many people in prayers as a minister, but even before then, I would lead people in prayers to accept Jesus. So if I can do it, you can do it, because everybody struggles with fear to a point of what will they think, right? They're going to think I'm weird. And some of you are like, I haven't shared my faith just that way, but I've been talking to somebody about coming back to church. That's sharing your faith. That's reaching out. That's for the one. You know, Jesus told a parable, and he said, someone had 100 sheep, but they weren't focused on the 99. They were focused on the one little lamb that was lost. The one. The one. There's power in that one. You were one at one time. You were the one that was lost at one time, and now you're found. And now is your big time your big chance, your big opportunity to do the same for someone else. We were lost, but he found us. We were separated from him. Now we've been reconciled to God through Christ Jesus. Wow, what a time in your life. What a journey. What an opportunity. What a privilege to be able to share your faith. You want to be better at life? Tell somebody. You want to be better at life? Go and tell. Let me go through my points here real quick. It's life-giving. Please silence that, that phone as quick as you can. Put it on silent for me or turn it off. I'm going to wait until you've turned that off. Thank you. It's life-giving. 
number one. Number two, Jesus said so. Number three, it develops you. Number four, it's real love. This morning before we pray, all you got to do is ask God to give you his love for people. Ask God to give you his love for people, for their lives, their eternity. Man, you can bring up your church in conversation. You can share Kingsgate posts and Christian posts on Facebook. You can talk about Jesus or something he said in Scripture. You can treat people with favor and kindness. You know what I love to do? I love to quote Scripture and say, man, you know something that Jesus said that's really amazing? Or, man, you know what the Bible says? And I know not everybody's there yet. Say, man, I'm just going to quote the Bible, but why not? People quote self-help books, and they quote what's in People magazine, and they say, man, do you know what Princess Kate is doing? And Prince William, or Prince so-and-so, or the queen, or the king, or the, heaven forbid, the Kardashianes. My gosh! Lord, deliver us from the Kardashianes. Heavens! You have something to share. And I love doing this. I love doing this. When people bring up a problem, I'm like, you know what the Bible says? And you may not always have something to quote from the Bible, but I know you, all, you do have something to quote from the Bible in general. You do. You know a verse. You know a part of a thought, a verse. You do. You do. You do. Go ahead and bow your heads and close your eyes today. How to be great at life, man. Live your faith contagiously. That your faith would be communicated to others that would be transferred to others what's touching you on God's heart would touch others as well what reached you would also reach them the God of the universe who loves you is there anybody in this house and we're going to do this prayer you can listen to it you can learn again once again really focus on this prayer today because this is going to train you and teach you and remind you and I'm going to do it so simple today you'll see is there anybody who has never accepted Jesus or proclaimed their faith in him? You've never prayed this prayer. Would you raise your hand today and say, in your mind, in your heart, I want to accept Jesus and make him the Lord of my life. Is there anybody in this house who says, that's me, Pastor. Raise your hand. Raise your hand today. Is there anybody in this house? Here's what we're going to do. I want everybody to pray this prayer with me. Look how simple. It's so simplified. It's so good. A child can even understand it. That's, that's the beauty of the gospel. Everybody repeat this prayer after me. Say, Heavenly Father, I'm sorry for my sin. I believe Jesus died and rose again. For me, I place my faith in him. I'm now a child of God. I'm part of your kingdom. I believe in Jesus' name. Amen. Now I have another prayer for you today. You can look at me. Go ahead and stand to your feet this morning, would you please? This is so important. Every eye looking, everybody looking this way, I want you to look. This is nothing to be ashamed of. Is there anybody in the house that says, God, give me a love for people so that I can share my faith. Give me a love for people. God, give me your love for people. Raise your hand if that's what you want from God. Say, God, help me to love people like you do. See, you can because Jesus already lives in you. So God's love is in you. You just got to release it. You got to practice it now. I'm going to pray for you right there. Every hand lifted, if you would. I'm going to pray for you. Father, 
Give us your love that we may manifest it and live it and walk in it, God, and share our faith with people, Lord. Lord, that we would live our faith, we would tell somebody about it. Simple ways, sharing, praying, talking, loving people, opening a door for someone, being available, serving at church, serving in the community, God. But God, it's so important to know somebody and tell them because we all know somebody. Now, right where we live, right where we work, we can go and tell. We can go and tell. God, the simple gospel message is go and tell. I thank you, Father, for this, and I know it's so important to your heart. Please keep laying this on our hearts, God, as we seek you, Lord, that we need to reach a world that is lost. We need to reach a world that hasn't all, they haven't all heard the good news or they haven't all believed yet, God, and it's our job to share our faith. It's that easy, and we believe you, God, and we thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. We trust you today. Now, God, move on our hearts. Encourage us, inspire us, and we give you any fear, trepidation. Say, I'm not bold. God's going to make you bold by His Spirit where you can share your faith. All, all I'm saying and all God is asking is do it one-on-one. -on -one. You can do it one by one. You don't have to preach to a thousand people at once. I have the opportunity and privilege of speaking here and sharing the gospel here, and it's amazing. But even more so, I have the privilege throughout the week to invite people to church, to tell them about Jesus, to tell them what God's Word says about their situation. You can do that as well. God, empower us. I believe you already have. Help us to walk in it. You've already commanded us, so we'll go because we've been sent. We thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Somebody say amen this morning. Let's give the Lord a clap offering today. <laughs> Praise God.